Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 tonight. Hallelujah. Studying the subject of redemption, we're getting into what I like to call the meat of the subject. These are things that we study outside just studying the Word of God to try to meet the needs of the people, which is, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, we study uh, healing and we study prosperity and we study these different doctrines. But in reality, what we really need is these in Christ realizations in our lives. Because with those in Christ realizations in our lives, our need for healing to be ministered to us, our need for things to be ministered to us is a whole lot less because we don't see a need to be ministered to. We see a need to minister. That's that's the way God's designed it. Uh, A lot of people that live out their life, live and die on the earth, as good Christians die and go to heaven, never really explored the vast boundaries of who they were or what they had or what they could do in Christ. They lived a good life and, 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 you know, were blessed by God at times. Some of them even received great answers to prayer and, 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 and miracles in their life, but in reality never discovered the true, what I like to call freedom of understanding who you are what you have and what you can do in Christ and the concept of faith that puts it all in in action or in operation. Now, understand, we talk about many times, just for a little rabbit trail, we talk about the principles of faith. You know, that which you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, appropriating the provision that God has given us in Christ through redemption. Amen? And that's all well and good, and I believe in that. For healing, I have a healing confession. For prosperity, I have a prosperity confession. Uh, for the word, I've got a word confession. For, for, for redemption, I've got a redemptive confession. Confessing or speaking the word of God over our needs. But in reality, if you'll use your faith, what you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth to establish your new identity, you'll see that your new identity is already established in healing. Amen. Already established in prosperity already established in righteousness, joy, deliverance, whatever it is you're needing, actually you've already been, and I use the word established. What would be a better word than that? It would be, it would be you're, you're already born again into that. It's not something you're trying to get. I'm trying to get healed. I'm trying to get prosperity. It's part of your identity. It's who you are. I'm the healed of God. I'm not the sick of God. I'm the, that used to bug me. Uh, a man I used to listen to and I, I love very much used to teach on it, used to talk about him not being sick, ever being sick. And I would see him sometimes and you could tell he had symptoms. But then I understood it when he said it like this. I hadn't been sick one day since I've been born again. Well, that kind of sounds like a, a whopper, doesn't it? But did you know you have, a, you have an either in God's eyes? Not one of you in God's eyes has been sick one day since you've been born again. You say, well, how can that be? Well, that's what the Word says. And because of that, you say, well, I'll tell you what, I don't care what the Bible says, I've been sick. Yeah, but your your sickness is really just a temptation. So that's how, that's how this man qualified what he said. He said, I hadn't been sick. Back then it was like, I hadn't been sick in 35 years. Hadn't had a headache in 35 years. Hadn't had the cold or flu. But that doesn't mean I hadn't been tempted. See how it works? That's how it works when you view it from the redemptive side. 
You view sickness or disease as not something that's reality because if it's reality, you possess it. That's why people talk about their arthritis and their, you know, their, uh, uh, their diabetes and their this. Well, don't lay hold of that. That stuff is illegally in your body doing the work of the devil and it needs to be resisted. Amen. Amen? And if you'll resist it, not trying to get God, well, God, would you please do something about that? No, no, no. You see who you are in Christ and you do something about it. You start speaking against it. You start speaking the word of God and the reality of your, of your own identity. And that's where your strength of faith comes from, understanding you have the right to do that. You have the authority to do that. And you have the anointing to do that if you will just do it. Amen. So we're not poor old sinners saved by grace. How you ever notice how religion loves to say that? They just love to brag on how they're, I'm just a poor old sinner saved by grace. Have you ever noticed that? That's the most, you know, that's the most insulting term I think you could use against the reality of what God did for us to get us righteous. How Jesus suffered, how Jesus died. I think it's kind of an insult to just say, well, I'm just a poor old sinner. No, you're not. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You're not sick trying to get healed. You are the healed of God using the word of God to fight off the temptation of sickness and disease that would try to attack your body. And you're not poor trying to get rich. You are the rich of God and you are using tithing and offering to appropriate what you need to live your life here on the earth and to be a blessing to others. You say, well, I'm not living like that. Well, then get saved and start living like that. Amen. That's the abundant life. That's how God blesses you abundantly. Then all you do is seek for the will of God in your life and obey it. It's really pretty simple. Now, 2 Corinthians 5.17, I believe there's other redemptive scriptures we're going to look at and we're going to begin to dig into. This is the gold mine of God's revelation. We've used that illustration for years on teaching on redemption about the gold rush that began at Sutter's Mill in the western part of the nation in California back in 1849 and how, how thousands of people went out there mining for gold. And their mining for gold for most of them consisted of a, a pan, a shovel, a, a maybe a shotgun, a mule, and a few provisions. And they went to streams around that area and they would pan in the streams for gold and they'd find a nugget here and a nugget there and a nugget here and a nugget there. But there were two families that did not like the nuggets. You say, why? Because the nuggets were used up with the need. They had to go back and find more nuggets so they could get more gunpowder and more food for the mule and, and another pan to, uh, you know, to, uh, uh, to, to, to pan gold with. They never really got into any wealth that changed their life. But one family in particular began to use mining methods. Some of them are still used to this day and remove literally the top off of a mountain and find the, found the main vein of gold that was in that mountain and it not only changed their life, it changed the life of their family for generations to come. Well, see, there's a lot of people infected with the same type of mentality in the church. They have nugget mentality. They go to church on Sunday morning. They go to church on Wednesday night. But they never themselves really do some deep digging, some deep mining into the Word of God to find out the reality of who they are in Christ. Well, this is a good beginning place. This is a good place to walk through the door and begin to get revelation of who you are and how God sees you. You say, why? Because you have to see yourself as God sees you. Because if all you see yourself is in the shadow of your own self, or in your past, 
or any other area of it. You're, you're always going to be disappointed. You're always going to feel weak, especially when it comes to spiritual dramas and things that happen in life in which you need to get a hold of God because the devil will always try to torment you with a sense of inferiority, guiltiness, condemnation, that you just ain't good enough. And if you was good enough, you would have, and he'll, he'll make the list long and big if you'll let him. Amen? Well, he's a liar. I said, he's a liar. We're all just learning and growing in the things of God. Amen? Don't judge yourself against anybody else, a pastor or a minister or some super saint that you know. Amen? No, no. Walk in the light of the Word of God and the light of what God has for you and see yourself as God sees you. That is such an empowerment to realize I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I've been cleansed by His blood. I'm holy in His eyes. I have access to His throne. I have power in His name. I have power by His Spirit. And the very same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead literally, literally lives in me. So let's begin here. Now we looked at this last time. I believe a couple of Wednesdays I've been out, but... Let's kind of pick it up where we were last time. 2 Corinthians chapter, chapter 5. Let's start in verse 14 just to make Sam mad. How about that? <laughs> I was going to go there anyway. Amen. It says, For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then all were dead. Well, that word dead means separated, separated from God. We were all separated from God. Amen? Then it says, and that he died for all, uh, that they which live should live henceforth, uh, should not live henceforth unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. So listen, once you're born again, you living for yourself is over. Why, why do you keep trying to do that? No wonder you're so mad. You say, why? Because you're not, you're, not, you're not called by God to live for yourself. You're called to live for God. Amen. Most people would find great success in the kingdom if they just serve God, period. Just serve God. Say, so, well, but Rusty, no, 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 just serve God. But, but, but you know, no, just serve God. Just serve God. What does that mean? Well, what do you think it means? Amen? Because if you come to me, I may have an opinion that's vastly different than yours. Hallelujah. Wherefore henceforth know we no man after the flesh, yet though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. What a scripture. Especially if you're a big fan of the gospels. Now remember something, church. Don't get in the ditch with this. But in reality, the New Testament did not start till the book of Acts. You say, then what were the gospels? The gospels were a transition that took place in which Jesus of Nazareth, who was God incarnate, Emmanuel, God with us, walked on the earth in fulfillment of different redemptive covenants. The covenant of Abraham, the covenant of Moses, amen. Even the covenants that were cut with Noah and the covenants that were cut with Adam and the, and the covenants that were cut with Seth. Jesus did not come to do away with the law, but to complete it. In his ministry, he showed the earth the compassion of the Father, 
the wisdom of his word and the power of his name. Amen? Then he died on a cross and rose from the dead that anyone who would dare believe on him as that simple would actually inherit and receive his very own resurrected life into their spirit man, which is the source of the disconnection in the first place. And so you are reconnected. You are plugged back in. He said plugged into what? To the life and the power and the love and the compassion and the grace and the wisdom and the healing power and the prosperity and the favor and the glory and the goodness and the future and the destiny of God himself. You're plugged right in. You're in the family of God. Amen? So it says, number one, we shouldn't know ourselves. So we've got to see ourselves through God's eyes. Then we've got to see each other through God's eyes. Amen? Well, there's your answer right there for racism. Well, we need this and we need to reconnect. No, no, we need to walk in love and see each other through God's eyes. Because really God only sees one color and that's red. That's the blood of Jesus. He sees us all through the blood. He sees us through the blood. And see, we try to put all this relevance on all these identifying factors of humanity that only really separate and segregate us when God brings us into union, says in Acts chapter 17, that we're all of one blood, one blood, one blood. Amen. Yes. Amen. And because of that, we were able to be cleansed by one blood. Yes. And that blood unites us. And we are the family of God. Red and yellow, black and white. They are precious in His sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. Hallelujah. Now, know no man after the flesh, so we have to judge people through how God sees them. Therefore, people become valuable to us, worthy of our words and actions to reveal Christ unto them. Thank God somebody felt, like, felt that way about you. <laughs> Amen. Whether it was an individual or a pastor or a minister or whatever it was, somebody did something to get the gospel to you. You were able to receive it because they didn't see you through the eyes of the flesh. They saw you through the eyes of the Spirit as something very, 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 very valuable to God. That's what you are. And that's also what the drug addict and the prostitute and the proud banker and the religious person, they all... Same thing. God loves them. Amen. Then it says, don't view, now don't, don't, don't just have a view of Jesus after the flesh. We know him. We know the babe in the manger. We know the, we know the, we know the baptized, submitted man in, at the Jordan River as John baptizes him in the Jordan. We see the anointed man of God, the, uh, the, uh, the anointed Savior. We see him do signs. We see him do wonders. We see him do miracles. But see what happened through his death, burial, and resurrection. He obtained a more excellent name. He moved into a place of ministry he did not have before that. He moved into a place at the right hand of the Father. But he included us in that because we are risen with him and seated in heaven places therefore it's not just the one that healed the woman with the issue of blood it's not just the one that healed the ten lepers not just the one that healed blind Bartimaeus but it is now the one that has risen from the dead and has seated at the right hand of the father that God has identified you with and when God sees you in Christ he is seeing you in the one that is sitting beside him with the marks of the covenant on his hands his feet and side and his blood upon the mercy seat So we don't see him after the flesh. 
we see him after the spirit because you can't see yourself in the humble carpenter from Nazareth, but you can see yourself in the one risen from the dead and seated at the right hand of the Father because you are risen with him and seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now here, here's what people mean to say, well, that's cool, you know, that's all well and good, but man, I've got some real problems in my life. I need $26 to pay the light bill. I've got a corn on my toe. Uh, you know, I've got a flat on my car and I really need some help. I need a miracle from God. Amen? So people get distracted by their current need not realizing this type of teaching strengthens you so that when you do pray and you do believe God for something, you're not intimidated by the reality that you're not worthy enough to receive it. Therefore, you go into a different posture of receiving and instead of yielding to the devil trying to steal an answer from God from you, you rise up in faith and say, you're not stealing that answer. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. God looks at me and sees Jesus. Who do you think you're trying to defeat me, devil? Yeah. <laughs> really? So, we know no man after the flesh, yet though henceforth we have known Christ after the flesh, yet henceforth now we know him no more. Therefore, therefore, because of all of that, therefore, if any man be in Christ, now notice that term, in Christ. Everybody say in Christ. In Christ. Say it again, say in Christ. in Christ. Oh, it feels good to say it. Say in Christ. In Christ. Say I'm in Christ. I'm in Christ. Say I'm in Christ. I'm in Christ. Now notice what it says. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. New creature, new being, new person. One, one translation says, he's in a whole new world. One translation says, you're a new species of being. Amen? See, everyone can trace their, 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 their physical roots back. You know, people from Europe, people from Africa, people from Central and South America. But see, we trace our spiritual connection to heaven now. It's not to the identity of who we were, uh, where we were born or what nation we were born into. It's who we were born again into. Hmm, you'll get that a little better, better here in a little bit. Amen? It says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. So you're in Christ. Everybody say, I'm in Christ. Say, I'm in Christ. So that means you're a new creature. Everybody say, I'm a new creature. Say, I'm a new creature. Say, I'm a new creature. See, what you're doing when you say that, every time you say that, you're releasing faith against that what you used to be in your past and you're stepping into what God says you are right now. I'm a new creature. I'm, an, I'm not an ex-drug addict. I'm not an ex-alcoholic. I'm not an ex-this or that. There's no exes next to my name according to the Word of God. See, a lot of people say, well, I'm a recovering alcoholic. Well, you need to get to be a delivered alcoholic. Well, I'm a recovery. And you'll be in recovery all your life. Well, that's a bunch of hooey. That's not in the Word of God. The Bible says if you're in Christ, you're a new creature, a brand new species of being. Well, one, one translation says this, you're in a brand new family. So people are always talk about what runs in their family, you know. It runs in my family. Alcoholism, runs in my family. Divorce, runs in my family. Well, you're right. You're absolutely right. It all runs in your family, in the human family. All that garbage runs in your family. And, 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 and the reality is you hang around long enough, you'll get some of its inheritance. Amen. But see, you got born again into a new family. 
Cancer doesn't run in your family anymore. See, people, well, you can't say that. Yes, I can. Why? Because I'm a new creature. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. Cancer doesn't run in my family. Arthritis doesn't run in my family. Diabetes doesn't run in my family. Divorce doesn't run in my family. Now notice. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, new creature. Old things are passed away. Well, I thought you used to love to play Boo-Ray. Let me know what Boo-Ray is. Where in the world did you learn that? It's a, it's a gambling game. Say, no, that died. It's passed away. Amen? Amen? Well, I saw your car parked down at the pornographic movie past five years in a row. Say, it ain't my car no more. You say, why not? Old things have passed away. Old things have passed away. Old things, and I guarantee you, you want to work on some stuff in your past that's messing with your mind and messing with your life. Get in your prayer room. You take that scripture. You begin to lift your hands. You begin to say, Father, I thank you. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are new for me. You lying devil trying to bring up my past. That person is dead. That person is gone. I'm the new creature living in his place. I am Jesus standing, his representative standing on the earth in Jesus name I'm standing in his place God sees me in Christ I see myself in Christ and Mr. Devil in case you're interested I'll show you right here in the Bible where it says old things have passed away behold all things are new one translation says the entire condition of the negative has now turned and begin to move toward the positive Ooh, I like that Old things are passed away. All things are new. That's you. This is how God sees you. This is, a, see, the devil won't say that. The devil will say, well, he heard what you said last week, saw what you did. No, he didn't. He's still looking through Jesus and still looking through the blood. The person who, the person who did see it, the person who did hear it was you. That's why you need to appropriate forgiveness and the blood of Jesus, which does what? Cleanses you from that act and you can go back to the scripture and say old things passed away even last week or yesterday. See, that's where people get beat up is they have same repetitive type of behavior that's in sin, so they do it over. And see, the devil always builds you up to it by trying to get you to, you know, he'll tempt you a little here and tempt you a little here and tempt you a little there and tempt you a little here. And he'll say, you know, you need to do it. It'll feel good. It'll look good. And he'll tempt you a little more. And he'll tempt. And then when you do it, he gets on the other show and says, you've done it now. God hates you. You've committed the unpardonable sin. You're no good. You're a rotten liar. And you begin to forget about who you were. You forget about that you were a new creature in Christ. You forget about old things that passed away. You forget about, behold, all things are new. The word behold means look and see. Look and see. see some people don't see no newness because they're not looking and seeing in the right place. They're looking at their life. They're looking at what's going on around them. They're looking at what's coming in the mail. They're looking at what's on the TV. You need to look in the Word of God. That's where the newness is. That's where the newness of life is. God will stir your spirit. God will give you revelation of himself and who you are so that you can, you can literally navigate in this life in victory. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I've got to get finished. Here we go. You're liking this. Verse 18, all things are of God who hath reconciled us unto himself by Jesus Christ and hath given unto us the ministry, by say ministry, of reconciliation. Now, that's all of us. 
Everybody say all of us. He's given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is what? The, the restoring or the returning to favor with God. You'll see that in just a minute. Look at the next scripture. It says, to wit that God was in Christ. Everybody say, in Christ. Now notice, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Listen to it in the Amplified. Let me find it. Amplified says, let me find it here. It says that it was God that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting people's sin against them, but canceling them. Now see, this is what the world doesn't know. This is why the world doesn't run, run and beat, beat that door down right there. You know why? They think there's a record. They think there's a book. They think that God has something out there that he is using to keep a record of their sin and of their failure. And the devil is one of the ones who propagates this through religion. That there is a record against you. But I want you to know when Jesus rose from the dead and seated at the right hand of the Father, and when he poured his blood on the mercy seat, all the books got burned. All the records got destroyed. Whatever was kept is now gone. It's not there anymore. You've got to understand in God's eyes, you are not guilty. You are not condemned. You've got to understand the world has to know. God is not counting up your sins. He, is literally, he has literally canceled them. Now here's the tragedy. Here's the sad thing. He has canceled the sin, but he's not canceled the effect of it because the wage of sin is still death. So get in on the front end of this deal. You say, what do you mean? Get in on the front end. Get in on the born again end. Get in on the new creature end. Get in on the old things passed away. Get in on the in Christ end of this. You say, why? Then you don't have to deal with the wage of sin. Because even if you're a believer and you're involved in sin, it's going to give you a paycheck. The wage of sin is death. What is it? Well, separation from relationships, finances, from the anointing, from a ministry God may have for you. Whatever it may be, sin will separate you from it. The Bible says it's the deceitfulness of sin that hardens you, and one of the greatest sins is the sin of unbelief. And people fall into unbelief because they don't understand who they are in Christ. But who you are in Christ, you are an extremely unique individual on this planet right now. Experience especially in this day and hour. You may see yourself as a nobody. You say, well, you know, Pastor, I'm just a nobody. I'm a housewife or I'm a, I'm a student or I'm the, just down. But let me tell you, the information that you have in your spirit, man, right now will change the world. And the devil knows that. And this world system knows that. And the greatest pressure to ever be put on the church and the greatest temptations in the church to quit and give up are being raged against the church right now. But honey, if you won't quit, if you won't give up, if you'll dig into this gold mine of revelation in the Word of God and begin to see yourself in Christ, you won't be looking for some revival. You'll be a revival looking for a place to happen. Everywhere you go, you'll just be a revival looking for a place to have. Now let's close with the last scripture. I like the last. Look at this one. Last two scriptures. 
Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you are in Christ's stead. Be you reconciled to God. Now here's that man, this is one here. This is, this is a heavy one. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Man, you want, you want, to get, you want a deep one? You want a meaty scripture? This ain't milk here's folks. Buddy, this, this is a scripture that in, in the major theological seminaries of this nation and of this world, of the major denominations, will look you in the face and say, if you believe that scripture, you're a heretic. They'll say this, no man is righteous in God's eyes. That's a lie. Every man and woman that has bowed their knees and made Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior is righteous in God's eyes. You say, why? Because he that knew no sin was made sin on our behalf that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. You are, that's how God sees you. God sees you as righteous. That means you have full access to him. You have his full attention. You have the fullness of his covenant in your inheritance. You have everything God wants you to have in Christ. Healing is yours. Soundness is yours. Preservation is yours. Safety is yours. Deliverance is yours. If it's not working in your life, it's because you don't know it and you're not appropriating it. But if you'll rise up in faith and in anointing and begin to say, I'm tired of living like this. I'm tired of living below my rights and privileges in Christ Jesus. I'm tired of living without the joy, without the strength that joy gives. I'm tired of living without the excitement that revelation imparts. I'm tired of living without the anointing that helps me do what I need to do. You'll just make a decision. I'm going to live in Christ and begin to realize the one who never tasted nor touched sin, who was purity in its purest form, the purest heart, the purest spirit on the inside. Humanity had never known such purity and that purity had no stain upon it whatsoever. And when it died, it was stained so horribly, not with its own sin, but with yours and with mine. The stain and the weight of that sin was his ticket to hell because you can't go to hell unless you're separated from God. And sin separates from God. And Jesus bore our sin so that he might become our Savior and we might be redeemed. And listen, I can't speak for all of those that don't teach or preach this message. I know that they'll stand before God just as I will. But I have something that many of them that do not have at all that is not only the revelation of this, but the testimony of how it works. It saved my life, honey. God didn't come down here and give me religion. He came down here and gave me himself in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And his revelation is so real. And let me close with this. This will help you. God, 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 God so wants to meet all of your needs that, that he's already done it. But what he really desires is intimacy with you. One-on-one -on -one time. I've seen some of that lately, recently here. Driving, I've been doing a lot of driving, but I, 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 some other times in, in, when I've been by myself in different places where I've just been beginning to worship God, begin to, begin to share my heart with Him, He begins to share His heart with me. I believe the door is open now for believers on the earth to be more intimate with God than men and women on this earth have ever been. Access granted by the knowledge of the Word of God and by the Spirit of God and also by the times in which we live because they are incredibly perilous. Even now, just the first 20-something days of this new year have brought new challenges, new tests. 
The world right now stands on the brink of nuclear war. It's incredible. And Nero fiddles while Rome burns. I mean, some things never change under the sun and never will until Jesus comes again and puts all this in order. In the meantime, now listen, church. In the meantime, we have the grace to live this out. I said we have the grace to live this out. When we make mistakes, be quick to repent, quick to be restored. We have the mercy to live this out and we have the compassion of God to give this out to others. Everybody say, live it out and give it out. Say, thank God I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. All things are new for me. Thank you, Father. My sins are canceled. There is no book. There is no record of my past or my sin. Thank you, Father. There's only the glory of what's here and what's coming in my life living for you. Thank you, Father. He that knew no sin took my stain, took my mark and died and rose again so that I might be cleansed by his blood. I have no guilt. I have no condemnation. I have the right in Christ to stand boldly before the throne of grace, to worship my Father, to fellowship with Him, to have Him gather me into him, His own arms, to comfort me, strengthen and keep me in these perilous times. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. You love the Lord. Praise God. Stand on your feet. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Lift your hands. Father, thank you for tonight as we leave. We declare our protection, our safety, your blessing upon our lives. No evil befalls us. No plague comes nigh our dwelling. Angels have charge over us. Thank you as we travel on the highways, airways, seaways, railways, any other way of travel or transportation. Thank you, Father, for kept by God. Thank you, Lord, in our hearts. There's a stirring, reviving. The embers of revival are being fanned into a flame in us. Let us be ever aware of the witness that you've called us to be. Thank you, Father, that we are a blessing to people, an answer to their prayer, a miracle in their life. We're a problem to the devil. In Jesus' name. Thank you as we leave tonight. We walk in faith and love towards you. We love you so much. We walk in love toward one another. Thank you for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord. You're at Island Church. We're covered by the blood. Empowered by the Word, anointed by the Holy Ghost. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.